I think the key thing is value. If people give you their information, if they agree to be contacted and, and agree that you can keep in touch with them in any shape or form, don't take it for granted. Don't spam the poor bastards. Try, try and actually give them things that they will appreciate and will improve the relationship. Because guess what? You will end up going in for those listings uncontested. You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for Real Estate Industry Sales Professionals, Property Managers and Leaders. With thanks to our partner Connect Now, Elevate brings you the best tools, thinking and strategies to elevate your results. To download your written action guide from this podcast containing extra tips, links and shortcuts, visit EliteAgentElevate.com. And for more information about how Connect Now can make moving easier on your clients, Visit connectnow.com.au. Here is your host, Samantha McLean. Hey, hey, everyone. It's Sam here. Today's guest is someone I've known for the past five years or so. And in an industry where sometimes it can be the loudest and the flashiest people who seem to get all the attention, we've decided to try and change that bit by bit by highlighting some of the really good people in the industry that just go about doing a great job for their clients. Uh, of course, by doing the work, but also by keeping abreast of modern developments in technology and by doing things their way. So today, it's my absolute pleasure to welcome Joe Mooney, who's been selling for about 10 years in the competitive suburb of Cranbourne in Victoria. She is a master at blending technology, data, marketing, and creating an awesome service for her clients that goes well beyond just selling houses. So Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you. That's a very nice introduction. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, look, I made it up myself and you are, the you are the first this new series that we're doing that is just really highlighting some of the good agents and I'm absolutely delighted you agreed to be here so that I could pick your brains. <laughs> I've, I've tried to leave some space for today. Yes. Brain is, <laughs> brain is engaged. We, we're okay. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. So I've known you for a while, but to kick things off for everybody else, can you just share a little bit about your background and what led you to pursue a career in real estate? Like the question I always ask everyone is, did you choose real estate or did real estate choose you? I won 150 million percent chose real estate. So it sounds, it sounds really weird and I feel crazy when I say it, but it was always on my bucket list. Wow. So not dead yet, which is good. So my my background pre so my first right from my first jobs and everything was in print media and marketing i'm a uh, a traditional typesetter so back in the day if anyone when we were selling down here in melbourne when houses were selling in the the age newspaper they would be the product of my work basically and uh, we used to develop campaigns for inner city agents and things and i i loved all that part of it and i just sat there and i said one day that is what i'm going to do but then I had some sales jobs as well, then went into hospitality with my own businesses. And then the time was right. I knew, knowing what I'm like, I don't do anything in halves. So knowing what I would then be, you know, late nights, weekends, just basically having a lifestyle of real estate. When I got to a point where I felt my marriage could survive it and that my life could do it, then uh, the opportunity came up, <clears throat> excuse me. And I haven't looked back since. Amazing. And so do you remember the first property you ever sold? Perfect introduction to uh, the world of real estate. 
I sold a block of land. That was my first contract that I put together, only to be told by a senior agent in the office the next day that it was his sale. That well, welcome to real estate. Correct. Correct. So uh, yeah, that was memorable, I suppose. So technically, I don't remember the first sale, but I remember the first non-sale. If that makes sense. That's <laughs> when I did the first sale that I didn't get paid for was that one. That will do. And without without getting too philosophical or anything, but this is kind of a philosophical question. If you could sort of, you know, time machine yourself back 10 years now, what advice would you give 10 years ago, Joe, entering real estate? Okay. This one's not so much philosophical, but it's kind of on the topic that I think we're going to be talking about today. I fought so, so hard against data, as in updating CRMs, keeping good records. I was shiny, 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 off, 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 do, do, do. Knowing now what I know, what the value is of that stuff. God, if I, if I had a only, yeah, <laughs> would have, yeah. would have changed things significantly a hell of a lot quicker. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yes, we are going to talk about data today, but I just want to know one more, one more thing before we kind of get into the the, the deep dive on stuff is that Cranburn, did I say that right? Is that is that yeah, the way? Well done. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. Normally, normally Sydney, Sydney, Queenslanders go Cranbourne. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's definitely it's the burn, Cranbourne. Yeah, Cranbourne. Okay. So tell me just a little bit about the area. What's the market been like in the past year? What kind of properties do you sell? So we've got quite a mix. We are in the sort of the growth corridor. So we have a lot of new housing estates expanding out into Clyde, Clyde North, um, small blocks, you know, little houses. Um, but we also have a, we're sort of within 15 to 20 minutes of coastal. We have lifestyle properties, small acreages and things like that as well. So we, we do have quite a mix of property styles. We, our most active buyer database buyers are first home buyers. And then obviously they're buying into what people are downsizing to and, ch- and trading in. Yeah. And what's the market been like over the last, uh, last 12 months? Interesting. It's, yeah. it's been interesting. <laughs> so obviously we all came off the, the peak of the crazy. We are very affected because we are in the first home buyer area and, and, you know, blue collar. We are very, we are, and we have been very affected by interest rates. That being said, days on market stretched out. The the crash hasn't happened. There's been a softening. There's been more randomness in results and time on market and everything, and the number of buyers per property. But well, well positioned, well priced, well marketed, are still still doing okay. It just was just taking longer to get people through to contracts. I guess that is that is the thing. Like a lot of people in in this industry will say, so long as it's just weather out there, the market is the weather, and if something's yep. priced, then it will still sell. We're not traditionally an auction market, and we are seeing some in the change of market that we've got now. We are seeing some trying to push down that path, but I've been monitoring it pretty closely because again, data and going to going to the auctions and things like that just to, for my own knowledge and with a clearance rate of under forty percent. In our, our patch, I, I'm like, I just don't see that as being a viable direction for us yet, if that makes sense. But, you know, we, every, every area evolves over time too. Yeah, never say never. No, exactly, which is why I was out there having a look at it and just making my assessment and getting my facts and then I know what I'm 
talk about hopefully yeah absolutely so we caught up recently at the um, Melbourne AI Powered Agents Workshop, which was all about, you know, technology and data and all of that sort of thing has become very integral in the landscape, as you mentioned. And I feel like you were all over it. Like, you know, you were sort of like, you know, top of the class. I probably taught me a thing or two as well that day. So learning, learning is learning. It was, it was a, what I loved about that was it was all, I could, I could do stuff straight away. And as ideas come into your head, it's like, oh. If you can action, so that's the difference. You go to a training or you go to a, a, a training day or a seminar or something, you write notes, you go away and do, and you pretty much do nothing with it. But because yeah. we could start on projects in there, it was like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. Yeah. There's most instructors don't like hearing typing, but I love it. But <laughs> it means typing means implementation, which is, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas normally it's, but for what we were doing that day, um, it was a great yeah. day, but for what we were doing, being able to go, oh, yeah, put that, oh, yeah, hang on, slow down, what's that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, cool. So I guess, you know, like you are all over the ChatGPT thing. Can you share a bit about what you've been doing with ChatGPT or some of your other favorite technology tools lately, excluding your newsletter, because I want to have a full <laughs> time to that. Yeah, yeah. Well, last, last night, for instance, so I had a very, very distracting day yesterday with the stuff going on. And, uh, I had a newsletter that I had to bring out last night to dispatch this morning. And, uh, when your brain's sort of stretched in five different directions, the best way is to open up chat and tell it what you're thinking and then just keep refining it. So today's newsletter was basically the, the blog on that was essentially AI with me editing it afterwards and things like that. Um, I get it to write video scripts. I now get it to analyze news topics, things that people might be wanting to um, know about that I don't actually understand 100% myself and I'm looking for some more insight to get some more confidence around it so that I can speak to my marketplace about it and not be bluffing everything. It's not a fact checker, if that makes sense, like because you can't be 100% guaranteed that everything is spot on. But if you're, we're busy, agents are busy and we are, we're not super, we're not super brain focused people. We do like shiny stuff and we do get dragged from pillar to post. So sometimes you, I I kind of almost use it as a, as a focusing tool to get to down, to get the job done of what I actually need to get done. I don't always use the finished result, but it is part of my process now. If I'm having trouble writing some copy, I've, I have not yet, and I don't think I ever will 100% use it for writing copy descriptions, that sort of thing, but it gets the juices going. Yeah, I find that too, actually. It's, you know, if you never have to start now with, uh, I used to find the hardest bit of doing some things here was the blinking cursor and the blank (laughs) of, you know, I remember in the early days of the brief, that's, you know, I used to get up at five o'clock in the morning and start with that. And. You know, and I think back now, if I'd had the robot, God, it would have been so much easier. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's one of those things where, and I know because I use the notes on my, on my Mac and I'll just start typing to that. And you sit there and you start two words and you go, no, and you delete that. And then you go, and it, no, no. And it, now I use chat as my notes and it starts formulating. And then you see one little bit in it and you go, okay, thank you. Now revise and expand point six to do this 
and make it in this tone and make it suitable for this audience. And it's like, certainly, it's like having a little genie in a bottle. It's ridiculous. Yeah. 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 So do you think it's made you more productive like ChatGPT? To a point. To a point. I think we're all still at this really early stage of exploring. So sometimes, and I am, I am anyone who has met me and knows me will know that I go down rabbit holes really badly. So, so once, once something gets into my, into my mind and I, and it, like any technology is new, we're sometimes a little bit obsessed in trying to stretch it a little bit and test it in different ways and things. So some of that productivity time that you would be normally gaining, you're kind of reinvesting in the tech to see what other scope it's got, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, absolutely. That some of the, some of the time I spend on those prompts on AI powered agents, like I'll spend, I'll spend two hours on it so that someone does, and yes, spend five minutes. So completely. Yeah. I mean, I messaged you the other, when I messaged you the other one with that prompt that came through, I'm like, geez, thanks for that. Yeah, absolutely. And you just mentioned newsletters. So we, when we got to the bit about newsletters versus EDMs in the course, again, you were kind of all over it. And I think your email marketing is, is an excellent combination of both EDMs being different to newsletters, like newsletters being a nature over time and EDMs expecting a result. So, but it was already good before you walked in the door. Um, so can you share the journey of how your newsletter came about? And a little bit of your creative process behind it. So basically it, it all came out, came out through my coaching experience with Tom Ferry. Um, yep. up to, so basically I, I promised and held and made myself accountable to my coach that I would do a weekly email because I was doing monthly up until this year. And with with a change of CRM, with a, a consolidation of data and putting everything into one place. I'm like, right, now I am at, because I could see some results coming from it, even when it was monthly. And I'm like, okay, whatever's working, double down. Let's do that. So I quadrupled down and I did it, said, I'm going to do it every week. <laughs> because like again, it. again, if we're going to commit to something, if you've got a routine and a discipline and you do it every single, like same time every week, you're more likely to do it. It becomes a, a normal part of your routine. So yep. I had to put my coach in on the email list to make sure. And if it didn't, wasn't arriving, I knew I was in for it. Simple as that. So I kind of backed myself into that one. Prior to, prior to doing it weekly, it was basically if there was something of interest happening and, you know, obviously through COVID, we were sending out more emails and things like that. So I had developed some, some things there. But then it was about finding the balance of real estate without being canned spam. Yeah. Your buyers buyers want to know about new listings, but let's be realistic, realestate.com domain, the portals do that for us. So we, we need to be, and I felt we needed to be giving them a little bit more education and information as opposed to, hey, want to buy a house that sort of thing. So with the interest rate rises and we've had a lot to share with consumers over the last last three years, but over, I'll call it this year, we've had a lot to share with them and it hasn't been about putting it, oh, rates went up again. Well, yeah, they know that. They're very well aware of that. 
horrifyingly aware. So what does that actually mean and what effect is that having on the market? Because people, people didn't know, they don't know. They then only believe what's in the headlines. So it actually started out with pretty much content around don't, don't read, don't listen to the headline, read the article. So whatever was being, excuse me, reported in the news headlines, breaking that back down and going, okay, what does that actually mean? And what is really actually happening in Cranbourne? So the Melbourne market itself is broken, is so many different markets. Not, most of those headlines didn't affect my market at all. It didn't, yeah. didn't have influence. So it was basically interpreting the headlines, <clears throat> breaking them down to what it means for our people, but also telling them a little bit about what's going on in the community. If there's a, an event coming up that they might like to go to that weekend and things like that. So peppering in real estate, a little bit of education about. So yeah, we still put in a featured property, but it's down the bottom. If they get that far, if they scroll down that far, they see the property, great. Um, but I also put in call to actions on it as well. So that if people, if it does get them thinking that they've then got the opportunity to react at that point and get a phone call or get a, a an appraisal or whatever they want or need, basically. Yeah. Everyone sort of complains about the headlines from the mainstream media. So you're taking those headlines, using them for inspiration, bringing it back to what does it mean for my market so that your little hyperlocal market can hear from you, the expert, on... It's to interpret it for them because there were headlines that were happening that were not relevant to where, like, the news and the media focus so much on the auction clearance rate. We're not an auction market. Yeah. Relevant. Doesn't, and, and it wasn't translatable into our market. So then because auctions were continually in the, in the headlines and, and things like that around here, so I put one out like, why, why would you auction? And then just had the pros and the cons and said, this is what, you know, this might seem really attractive and it might seem like the ideal scenario, but the likelihood of that happening based on X, Y, and Z is this, and this is why. So it's almost like having, it's, it's, it's like just having a chat to thousands of people well, you can't make that. You can't make that many calls in five minutes, can you? It's not. No. And sometimes, so sometimes it's a blog. Sometimes it's a video blog. It, honestly, it depends on my time capacity at at point of whether I do a video for it in time because I always caption the videos and things. Um, so it's it's basically give them give them a breakdown of what it means to them. Yeah. What it, yeah. Not, what it means to real estate agents. What it means to them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's so, that's so, so, so important because, you know, like if you're not in buying or selling mode, like, a, well, the other thing I noticed about your newsletter is you do have some little Easter egg usually in there for people that are not buying or selling, which keeps people from unsubscribing. Yeah. So it's, like I said, it's, yes, it's about real estate. Most homeowners though are a little bit curious and because of the headlines, they are a little bit curious about what the, even if they're not doing anything, it's just, oh, well, what is the market doing? Like what it what is going on? They're seeing less boards. They're seeing less is, what does that mean? Then the community event. So if there's a free movie night or if there's a, you know, a networking opportunity or there's a father, son cooking night or whatever's on with the council, different, like the scouts have got a trivia night coming up. 
things like that. We just put a little couple of events in so that people can see what's going on. And it's not real estate. It's about what's happening around out and about. I did try and do a little bit and I, I must admit I got a little bit slack on it and dropped the ball on following through on it of doing like local business cafes and bits and bobs and all those sort of things. I just haven't worked out a way to do it fairly yet. So I'm just parking that for now, but we'll, we'll grow with that. We'll grow with that. Yeah. I'm sure you're there. And I I mean, I guess everyone at home or the, for the, for the people playing along at home, what sort of return do you reckon you get from your weekly newsletter? Like is, does, does the return on investment stack up with the time spent? So I think because I layer so many things, look, I know where I, I now keep horrifyingly accurate records and I, I know exactly where every listing, AKA sale has come from in the beginning, which is fantastic. The thing is you've got to play that. You've got to be patient. The, the, Email marketing is not, you might, you might get horrifyingly lucky and magically someone is in real estate mode right then and there, and that will happen. But what it is, so most of the people, apart from past sales and and past, you know, clients that I've been around for a little while. So apart from those people, the majority of people that are coming into my newsletter field are coming off social media. Yeah. Coming in, they're coming in top of funnel fairly cold, but they're curious. Then they get put into the, into the nurture. And then if you are, if you're not annoying them, if you're giving them something that has value to them, the unsubscribe rate's fairly low, essentially. I went to one, one listing appointment and, and when we were signing the papers and she said to me, as far as I'm concerned, anybody who is willing to share as freely as you do, free info, like just giving information out to the public deserves my listing. Yeah. Thank you. How good's that? I know, right? <laughs> Sorry. I noticed also that you use a lot of video, like you just mentioned social then, but you, you are very disciplined with creating videos. Did that come naturally to you at the beginning? <laughs> Do you know how long I fought social and video? Oh my God. Seriously. Well, probably. Oh man, man. It's, it gets, it, look, it gets to a point where you just have to, and I don't know where this came from age or, or whatever, but it came to a point where I went, I got over myself and just went, do you know what? These people see me in the street. They see me when I turn up to their house. I am what I am. I am who I am. And I've embraced the, uh, your vibe attracts your tribe. So if they don't like me, if they don't like me, well, put it this way. If they don't like what they see on the videos and they don't call me out, well, they weren't going to, they weren't going to work with me anyway. So why go? Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where you just, I think you've got to wrap your head around the time that it takes to do, like, so I used to think creating content was, and I didn't value it as use of good time back in the day. But as soon as you wrap your head around the fact that creating content is prospecting on steroids, you will become quite addicted to it mm. and get over yourself. 
and go, that's, there's no other way, like you said before, with, with the email and with, with all of, you know, with video, there's no other way that you can impact that many people and reach that many people without it. Yeah. So the half yeah. an hour it might take me to, to, you know, depends how many bloopers and how many takes, but, but then you've got to, you've got to repurpose that content as well. So you create the content and then you spread it out. So creating it is prospecting, how you spread it out and in what form formats and how you repurpose it all. It, that's the prospecting on steroids because it just goes, goes everywhere and it's got places to go. Yeah. And I noticed you just said your vibe attracts your tribe and you're a little bit cheeky sometimes, you know, like with no, all No, I'm not. <laughs> well, with a, with a bit of a nudge and a wink, like it's kind of, it's humorous and, and kind of cute. And I particularly liked, there was a video you did recently, like the internet says my house where it's, what, what was the inspiration? Like, how do you come up with the ideas? My, my head's a little bit of a scary place. So part of it came up with, we're seeing a lot of the online valuations being, being spooked around and, and all that sort of stuff. And, and look, as a lead generation and all that, that it is perfectly valuable. And I, I do do it myself as well. But the online, with the way the market is at the moment, the online valuations are getting more skewed off. So if you've got, if you've got people who are in real estate mode, but start out with that, that online valuation, that can actually freak them out the wrong way as well. So you, you're really taking a punt. And I know when I send out online vows, I actually run them first to check that I'm happy with what is going out because the last thing you want to do, there was one, one person who actually said to me that they were negatively affected in their decision process by the auto valuation that they did. Yeah. So if people need clarity and they need accuracy to make quality decisions, at what point are we risking our professional or expert or whatever you want to call it, our standing, by just putting out the same stuff that they can do for themselves? Because, you know, you can go on realestate.com and prop track, done. Although they're coming up with more blanks at the moment as well. So there's, there's a movement there that it's not, the data's just not enough there to do it. Yeah. In, well, yeah, I guess, you know, like that sort of interesting time does create for interesting content because somebody else might look at that and go, well, I've got nothing to report, but you know, I've actually, I actually love the way that you look at that and you go, well, actually the fact that there's nothing there means that there is something that yeah. you know, is going so you, on. So you dig a bit further, <laughs> you go yeah, down yeah. the hole. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, speaking of rabbit holes, you mentioned earlier, but I know you do some coaching with with Tom Ferry, and I'd I'd kind of call that the you know the Church of Marketing in real estate. <laughs> Tom Ferry's coaching. Um, mm -hmm. Is there anything that that you've particularly picked up over the last few years that you think's innovative that you'd like to share with our listeners? I suppose what what drew me to Tom Ferry coaching in particular, and this was back in 2018, we were talking about this before, and uh, I was only at Eric because of you, Sam, so thank you, was the, the progression, like the progression of, the, like you said, it is, it's, the church, it's the church of marketing. 
it's it's crazy. Being able to, at the time, there wasn't a lot of social media and a lot of digital coaching available for here within the industry, if that makes sense. So I hadn't looked outside the industry at that point either, but I knew when I saw it that it was something that I'm like, hang on a minute, this is this is something that I can see where we are going. And let's be honest, we follow America a fair bit in a lot of stuff. So it's really come about for your database out of out of Tom Ferry, the database, the and your sphere. Sphere is something I think we all ignore to our own peril. Um we've we've said, you know, and you've you've said it, do you need more leads? Or do you need to look after the people that you already know? And Tom Ferry is very big on that as well in regards to how to. So it's knowing knowing what to value and breaking it down. Like before, before the Tom Ferry stuff, probably one of the key things as well was track and measure. Know your numbers. God, I fought that for a long time. A <laughs> long time. <laughs> numbers, numbers don't lie, right? Correct. Because the, it, it then gives you that pre- predictability of yeah. no. If you know your numbers, you can predict your business, and that goes for your phone calls. It goes for your emails. It goes for all of that. But it, it, it's it's all the layers. You've just got to layer everything, and and it's it's probably that's the key thing has been the layers. But getting but also segmenting and making sure you're sending the right messages to the right people at the right time. That's, that's really good advice, actually. Segment your database. Oh, don't, don't. I mean, good God. If you look at the buyers, right, you look at buyers that go through open for inspections on weekends and they'll go to five. Some of them go to nine or more. Like crazy. I don't get it, but sure. They've all, they have all ended. I don't know how they remember that many, but anyway, but they all end up on, an agent's database and they will all get the same stuff because at that point, nothing's been, nothing's actually, their preferences haven't been put in. There's, there's no, no actual details about exactly what they're looking for. You assume that that's what they're looking for is what they came to, but they might be comparing that to something else or doing other bits. The better the quality of, the better the, the better quality information you have, and the better quality information you send increases your conversion because they feel that you are listening to them. But even if you're using automations and all those sort of things, if you set everything up in the background correctly, you can, you can make them feel listened to, make them feel understood without actually investing any more time or effort into it than that one, one parameter in the back end. That's it. And yeah. then, you, then you, you're giving them what they actually value. And again, our rates go down. And, and it's funny, you know, I don't, I don't know if a lot of people get this right or articulate it like you just did, but it's just the right message at the right time for the right person. Yeah. Like, and you can, look, you, can, you can't 100% get it right. It's, it's, it's still a mass sort of situation, but... And this is what I wished I had have focused on from day one, the, the, the depth of the background information and setting people up correctly in the CRM and in the database to 
make that, like the amount of time. So COVID was for me, we were very busy with real estate as well, but COVID gave me the time to God help me go through about 12 different data sources that I had and clean it up. And I sat there like a spreadsheet geek going through it, going through contacts on my phone, searching through old emails, just putting everybody where they needed to be to then come out the other side of that with a seemingly accurate fact, not a seemingly fit database. And then knowing what to tag them with and what to put them into and having that all set up so that now it's scalable, which is the idea. So if you're new, do not resist the database. Just embrace. <laughs> just embrace. Trust me. <laughs> that is, that is very good. <laughs> do it. You really won't want to do it, but I'm telling you now, 10 years later, you'll thank yourself big time. Yeah, and I guess it's just worth asking this one question while we're talking about data too, and you just mentioned the word fit database. Yeah. But I'll phrase fit database, but, you know, some people say that they've got 20,000 contacts or 30,000 contacts on their database, which absolutely, you know, are fine. Because they don't clean it up. Yeah. So smaller quality over quantity. Yep. 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 For me, every single day. So... Yeah. When I, when I converted, when I converted an an increased frequency to weekly, yes, I saw a a clean out and that was, that's fine because I now have people that are in my, in my email list now actually want to hear from me. I believe I may be, I may be kidding myself, but the fact that they keep opening the emails and haven't unsubscribed, clearly I'm hopeful that they, they are wanting to hear from me. I've now introduced the Monday email as well. So these, this same group of people are now hearing from me twice a week and I still have a very, very low unsubscribe rate, which is amazing. And the Monday, so the Monday is the sales results for the postcode, which came from our day together. And that has got pretty close to a 50% open rate now. And that's just the two weeks in. Amazing. Amazing. Mm. Mm. So as, as we sort of like, George, there's a couple of things we've got to go before I let, I let yes. you go. I, and I feel like this could go on forever, but. We will resist. Mm-hmm. Oh, we will resist. Yeah. You have a philosophy of winning from a place of giving, which we've kind of talked about a little bit, but could you share a couple of actionable strategies that talk to that philosophy of yours that you think would be successful for other agents? So this all, it all comes to the same, same sort of thing where if you are, I, I believe in abundance. I don't, I don't believe in abundance right now because we don't have an abundance of listings, but <laughs> in the, the theory of it is that if I give information, if I give unbiased and just, just basically give good advice and give an, a, an honest overview of what is happening out there, what is in somebody's best interest, and give them the resources and the tools for it, how can you be doing the wrong thing? Yeah. And it will, it, will come, it will come back. So when you look at, I think I said to you the other day, 
from a from a cold lead through to a nurture so they've been given really loads of information, loads of opportunities, loads of all that sort of thing, the average conversion rate to get paid for that is two years and nine days in my database. Yeah, that's phenomenal. But if I'm but if I'm if I'm then going in, let's say, let's say, okay, it's two years, nine days to getting paid. So a transaction occurring. Likely over that time, I have given them books to help, you know, what, what hand, what renovations are worth doing before selling? How do I declutter? How do I let go? So for downsizes, things like that. So, or just resources and, and articles, just information and things like that. So if you, if you are, if you keep giving and it, I suppose it's not giving, it's sharing. Yeah. Just being willing to share what you know without any expectation of an immediate dollar because it's not what it's about. Coming from a place of giving is I will keep giving you what you need to get you to a place where maybe you'll need me. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. Um, We can't make people sell their houses. Like they're going to do that in their own time at the time that suits them and, and is on their timeline. So, but if we can keep, like you said, putting those little Easter eggs in there and just keep, keep putting things in place and being relevant, then to me, that's, that comes back. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. All right, so I'm going to ask you five questions, some of which you've already answered, but I'm calling this my fast five because this is a new thing that we're doing today. So I'm going to give you five questions and I want you to give me five fast answers. And I want you to answer like, I'm some newbie that's come up to you and said, Joe, I need to ask you some stuff. Have you got five minutes? So here we go. You ready? Yep. Okay. What's one quick change an agent can make in their marketing right now to attract more listings? Geez, straight in with a bulba. Right now. Right now. Can I circle back to that one? All right. Okay. Number two, what's your favorite social media app or app on your phone right now and why? My favorite app right now is Big View. Oh, okay. Because it's got the teleprompter and all that sort of thing in it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Can you suggest a quick tactic to better use your CRM system, whatever it happens to be? You, you have to, you literally have to set aside time to download your brain at the same time every day into that CRM or you won't do it. Yeah, good tip. Okay, number four, what's a time management tip that has worked for you? You can ask me, I'm terrible. Um, <laughs> okay, so as as everyone will tell you, you so what I what I get my, my rookies to do is basically they go into the CRM first thing at 8 a.m. in the morning, look at what needs to be done, and then they have to allocate those time blocks into the day. There's, you can have a, an ideal week. You can have all that sort of stuff. I have, a, I have what's called a discipline day. So we have not negotiable things that must be done every single day in one color. And then we have what ideally is done as well in a different color. And those things are the, the ones that are ideal, would love done, are interchangeable with appointments. So there's the non-negotiables that have to be blocked in. And then there are the, in, if you have no money-making appointments, then you do these things as that filler. Because if we don't have that blocked in, 
our, our, our little sales brains just go up and fuck around because that's what we do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, what's your favorite motivational quote and why? Get that shit done. That that's just it's just like just get that shit done. Yeah. And it's not like motivational because I do bash myself up a bit clearly because if it's if I'm talking like that to myself, it's it's just like it's, it's just get that shit done. Yeah, and because this is a bit of a new series where I just kind of really want to talk to real people on the podcast, uh, you have to pay it forward. So remember in the – so you're the first. You're, you're like the OG now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to pay it forward. So if I was to ask someone else to do this with me, who would you like to hear? Ooh, that's a good one. Okay, someone from someone from around, around my area. Um, but a little bit further out, but actually from my original patch and she's a very good egg. She's very straightforward and, uh, she's grown a, a growing a, a really good business at Joe Spencer. Rightio. Joe mm. Spencer, I'll, I'll be giving you a call. Well, <laughs> weeks. So, she also, she also very, uh, very much talks very straight. Mm. Good. We like mm. that. We yeah, like exactly. that. Funny story is where she where she is. I actually showed her homes when she was moving into that area, and as I was leaving that area, work wise, she was coming in. So one Joe left, and another Joe came in, and it did confuse a few people for quite a while. Yeah, I think I think we'll pick that story up with her. <laughs> um, yeah, you can tell you how bad I was. Not not at all, not at all. I was just going to say how nice it was, and and thank you for coming on and sharing some of your wisdom and knowledge, and and you know just really some great actionable advice in that podcast. So thank you for that. No, I hope so. Thank you. I mean, it's it's hard from from this side of it because I I just do what I do, and it's 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 sort of. I was quite surprised that there was only myself that in that AI day that actually had a, a, a regular newsletter going. I mean, I, I kind of assumed, but. A blazing trails here, Joe. <laughs> One email send at a time. <laughs> That's it. That was going to be my final question. If there was one thing that you would like to leave everyone with or would like them to remember from this episode, what would it be? I think I think the key thing, and it's it's something, it's boring as all hell, like boring as, and I've, I've already harped on it now, is value. If people give you their information, if they agree to be contacted and, and agree that you can keep in touch with them in any shape or form, don't take it for granted. Don't spam the poor bastards. Try, try and actually give them things that they will appreciate and will improve the relationship. Because guess what? You will end up going in for those listings uncontested. Yeah. So the time, the time that you spend in developing the, the base for that, Yes, it's going to take time. There's no silver bullet. There's no magic to it. It is something that you just have to decide that it's going to be worth it because it, it seriously will. It's it's one of those things where, and I'm, I, I will admit this on camera because I don't care because it's true. I have not door. I have not knocked one door in Cranbourne that I have not been invited into. 
So I have not door knocked at all. I've chosen, I did it when I first started. I did it in my first marketplace. But the way, the way the world is now, there is a better way to get in front of those people and to build those relationships and to get walk-ups basically and get call-ins without doing that. You imagine how long it takes you to door knock a couple of streets. You go and put that time into creating some content that people will be interested in, send it out through a database that you've actually spent some time in to show we can tell people we care, but show them we care by sending the right, the right stuff. And that's your recipe. Rinse and yep. repeat. Send them, send them things they want each week. And if you want to layer it and go and go door knocking as well, if that's what you like to do, then go for it. But I'm finding that from what I'm hearing with, with our people, most people aren't home. They're not answering doors. Things have changed. So you do what works in your market, but prospecting on steroids wins for me every time amazing joe rooney thank you so much my pleasure thank you we hope you enjoyed this episode of elevate with thanks to connectnow.com.au don't forget to download your written action guide